Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to World Weekly from the Financial Times. I'm Gideon Rachman. Today, we're talking about Germany, where Chancellor Angela Merkel and her ruling Christian Democrats suffered a stinging setback in regional elections in Mecklenburg over the weekend. Speculation about the Chancellor's political future is now rife once again. And joining me on the line from Berlin to discuss all this is Stefan Wagstall, our Berlin bureau chief, and here in the studio is our comment editor, Fred Studeman. Stefan, could you just outline for us what happened in Mecklenburg and how much of a blow do you think it is to Chancellor Merkel? Well, this was the latest in a string of regional elections in Germany this year. And in northeastern Mecklenburg-Vorpommern, the AFD managed to get 21% and crucially beat Chancellor Merkel's CDU, Conservative Party, into third place. The election was won by the Social Democrats. But the success of the AFD in beating the CDU was very painful for the party and particularly for Ms. Merkel because her constituency is in Mecklenburg-Vorpommern and it's been there virtually since German reunification. So for her, it's personal and it's close. And the other really important point is that the election, although it was a regional one in which politicians tried to campaign about schools and hospitals and so on, there really only was one dominant issue, and that was Merkel's refugee policy. And those who voted for the AFD voted largely in protest against it. And indeed, many of the people who voted for other parties did so despite their feelings about the refugees. So it wasn't just that people voted for the AFD, it was also that uh, the campaigns revealed a lot of discontent across a broader stream of German society. You talk about the breakthrough for the AFD, just to remind listeners that it's the Alternative for Deutschland Party, Alternative for Germany Party, which people still seem a bit divided about. I mean, some people say it's a far-right party, a party with links almost to Germany's fascist past. Others just say, well, it's a protest party, which is protesting about the euro, protesting about refugees, but nothing to get too excited about. What's your take? I think as a protest party, it's actually quite important, given the scale of support it's getting and the fact that there are a couple more regional elections in the next few months and then, crucially, parliamentary elections next year. And if the AFD manages to do as well then as it is doing now, it will certainly be in Parliament and it will then be the first right-wing party in the Bundestag since the Second World War. That's symbolic. It will also complicate government building among the other parties and generally harm the atmosphere in German politics. As for its extremist credentials, I think the one way of looking at it is to say that it's a right-wing party, a party that wants to control immigration and wants to control especially Islam, the public expression of Islam in Germany. But it's not extremist in an anti-democratic Nazi sense, in my view. What it has, though, is quite a few supporters who are former neo-Nazis, people who voted for the neo-Nazi NPD and are now voting for the NPD. 
It also has a number of activists who've been publicly recorded making racist, xenophobic and even pro-Nazi comments. So, Fred, I mean, quite a moment then. Speculation about uh, Mrs. Merkel's future has kind of waxed and waned at the, the height of the refugee crisis, actually. I recall even at the beginning of the year, I was saying, well, I didn't think she would last out the year. Then everybody calmed down, including me, and we thought, well, the refugee crisis has peaked. And now it seems once again to be open season to be worrying about whether we are coming to the end of the Merkel era. Yes, and I think, you know, she is definitely under pressure. She's had to, in the wake of the result in Mecklenburg, go to the Bundestag, the German parliament, where she faced a lot of criticism for her refugee policy. She battered a lot of that back, says it has broadly proved to be successful. I think you're right, but I I think some of the things that we've discussed at previous times where she's been sort of seen to be weak or certainly on the back foot is um, the same questions then pop up, which is so if not her, who would succeed her? That remains a big open question. I think there's been some over-interpretation of the fact that, you know, as things stand, she hasn't been put forward as the party's candidate for the national elections next year, which Stefan referenced. I think that's partly just sort of tactical manoeuvring. And I think personally, I'll, I'll put my neck on the line, I mean, I think she's definitely wounded. She's definitely, we can see in sort of opinion polls, not as popular as she once was. And we're sort of nearer the end of the Merkel era than certainly than we were anywhere near the the beginning or the midway point. But I'd be very surprised if she didn't run for office again next year. And I would say on current standing, you know, she's still got a very good chance of remaining German Chancellor. She is following slightly in the footsteps of her great patron, one-time patron, Helmut Kohl, who went on and on and on to the point where it then ended rather in a sort of sorry way, where he was then sort of beaten quite resoundingly at the polls. So, Stefan, I mean, give us a sense of how people are feeling about the refugee crisis. You say it was the driver of the protest vote, and yet the really large numbers of people arriving in Germany, you had over a million last year, seems to have halted, although I saw the Interior Minister is still talking about 300,000 or so this year, which would cause a big stir in most other European countries. So do people feel now that it's just a very difficult integration question and a question about a possibly involuntary change to the nature of German society rather than an immediate crisis? I think there are two things. One is because Merkel has never distanced herself from her decision last year to welcome refugees, although she has done a lot to toughen up control since then, but she's never said, I made a mistake. It leaves the concern that, well, she might do it again. Meanwhile, the integration concerns include worries about whether Germany will now see more Islamist terrorism, whether young men from Muslim countries will go around assaulting young German women and so on. So the integration question isn't just a matter of the government financing lots of very worthy programs. It's very much a question of how do we live with our new neighbors and what happens if these new neighbors want us to change the way we live and are? And Fred, I mean, one thing that struck me about this election just now is that for the first time, the SPD, who are after all the centre-left party and also Merkel's coalition partners, seem to break ranks with her on the refugee crisis and to turn on her a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really interesting story, which slightly got overshadowed by all the focus on the performance of the Chancellor's Christian Democrats and obviously for the 
AFD. I think what you're seeing is that the Social Democrats are in a terrible position. I mean, what we haven't mentioned is actually they lost more. They suffered a bigger percentage point drop in Mecklenburg than the Christian Democrats did. It's just that they were coming off a higher result last time and were still able to be in front. But they are desperately trying to find areas of definition ahead of the national vote next year. And I think that is obviously an area they can define themselves. And they're in this position, which is shared by other parties of the centre-left elsewhere in Europe, where this particular issue of sort of integration, identity, etc., is something that is of great concern to their natural support base, to their voters, but where maybe the party leadership has historically or more, you know, in recent decades, not wanted to talk about those issues. And so you've had this sort of disconnect. I mean, we see it very much in the UK, in the Labour Party. And I think the SPD has sort of got itself into a similar position where now for soon to be immediate electoral reasons, they need to take this issue on as they are also trying to take on some other issues to get some definition against the Chancellor and try and improve their own performance. So, Stefan, I mean, a picture there of the CDU in trouble, but also the SPD potentially in trouble. Does that mean that one of the characteristics of German politics, the dominance of centrist parties of really the entire political spectrum, is coming to a close? And what does that mean for the potential future stability of German government? I think certainly the dominance of these two parties is weakening, has weakened already in the last 20, 30 years, once seen the rise of the Green Party and also the far-left party. And so we will now have a right-wing party to join them. I think that it's more likely in future that instead of two-party coalitions, Germany will need three-party coalitions to guarantee a government majority. That in itself is less stable and creates more scope for political arguments. But it's also worth bearing in mind that Merkel and the CDU went into this with a position of great strength, unlike the SPD. So they have a little margin to play with. And the other point is that since no one at the moment will make any kind of deal with the AFD, with the Alternative for Germany, the coalition building or not building among the other parties is less affected than it might otherwise be. In other words, the AFD can be isolated in the new Bundestag. So, Fred, to finish, we've talked about this really entirely in domestic German terms, but obviously Merkel is the dominant figure in the European Union, in European politics. Give us a sense, uh, if you can, what a weakening Merkel might do to Europe as a whole. Well, I think you are going to see a situation where the various sort of alliances or groupings that have sought to put pressure on the German Chancellor, particularly over a lot of immediate sort of European issues, sorting out problems in the Eurozone and so on, they may be in a position to exert more pressure on her and get better results from their point of view. But bear in mind, not all of them are in particularly strong positions. And we've got elections coming up in France next year as well. So, you know, who knows what will play out there. I think just sort of more broadly, though, that she's in a curious position because you said a while back, you know, at the start of this year, she looked to be in sort of quite a weak position. And in some way, the reason she sort of then regained some of her strength was sort of weakness and chaos elsewhere, particularly, you know, what we had two months ago with the British referendum on EU membership. And suddenly there was this sort of sense, well, at least we've got this sort of pole of stability in Angela Merkel. And I think that still holds to a degree. But there is more generally a sense she isn't as sort of predominant as she was a few years ago when it just seemed that she, you know, she was almost unassailable. And so you could say, given all the challenges that we're facing right now, both on the sort of European level, but then even on a global level, that actually what we do need more than anything is a strong German chancellor to at least sort of from the European end 
be able to sort of provide some stability and direction. Okay, well, we'll leave it here for now. Uh, thank you very much indeed to Fred Studeman here in the studio. Thanks also to Stefan Wagstall in Berlin. That's it for this week. Until next week, goodbye. <laughs>